Hey, everybody, it is December, January, February. I don't know, all these winter months kind of run together for me. It's winter month. Uh, we're the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Joel. Jason, how you doing? I changed it up a little on you there. Three a curveball. Yeah, I'm good. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> He's Jason. I'm Joel. If you haven't figured that out. Uh, if you're new to us, awesome. Welcome. Uh, we, Man, I think we do have a fair amount of new people jumping on every week, so that's pretty awesome. Setting new personal bests all the time. Loving it. So thank you for being there. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, we're having a blast doing this thing. Uh, just, I don't know. It's It's been great. And like, I feel like, I don't know. I, like I joked about, you know, podcasting hands and being famous, but I'm starting to feel like we're actually somewhat respected in the community. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would agree. It, it feels good. I can't even go outside without wearing sunglasses to hide my face. So it's pretty nice. That's... <laughs> <laughs> okay that's i don't know what for like if you did some kind of bad nasty crime and now people know but i don't think it's for the podcast yeah you're probably right <laughs> well that's cool man uh yeah no i'm i'm really enjoying this uh i i don't know when to sneak this in but i think i'm gonna do it now because it's not really news um cephalofair games like made gloomhaven i think i'm saying that right like cephalofair I, I think is how you say it yeah um they have from back in 2014 they have a DIY how to make your own cones of Dunshire game and like print out all these sheets and they have rules made up for it, which I think is awesome. Like, I don't know if you're a Parks and Rex fan or not, but like the one character on there creates cones of Dunshire and it's really funny. And so the fact that he made these rules for this game to me is like kind of awesome. So I don't know. It's really cool. If you didn't watch Parks and Rec, then I'm not going to get much much back from you as a tennis partner and podcasting partner right now, but that's okay. Those people out there who didn't know what the Cones of Dunshire are are kind of juiced right now. So I think I'm going to try and build one of those and play it. Yeah, I know what the game is, and I've watched a couple episodes of Parts and Rec, but The Office was my jam, so that's a show that I watched. But yeah, that would be cool to play that game, though, for sure. Are the Cones a metaphor? Well, yes and no. <laughs> like That's just one of the famous lines. I don't know. It's just it, When he describes the game, it reminds me of when I'm playtesting my game. I have a game... I'm making called Hoosier. I don't. I hope I don't give up too much by just telling you the name of it. But um, it's about Bobby Knight and basketball. Just kidding. Um, something else. Ha. Gotcha. Red herring. Anyway, um, when I talk about that game to people, I I feel like I'm kind of like the guy describing the game. I'm like, oh no, wait, no, no, no. Let's do it this way instead, and like kind of make the rules the best you go. It's just <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. I I don't know. I, it's it's cool though that they have this the self do-it-yourself kit on their website. So it shows they're kind of lighthearted and don't take themselves too seriously. So anyway, Jason, that's just something silly to talk about up top here. All right. So again, it's early uh, beginning of the year. So outside of the Dice Tower Kickstarter, there's not a lot of news, but I did find one thing that I thought was interesting, and that is the next game from Next Move Games has been announced. And that game is called Tuki or Tuki. It's T-U-K-I. Um, it's an abstract game where you're using these pieces to build build towers or something. And some of them are white and some of them are colored. I don't really know much about it, but I feel like it feels like that Stonehenge game that I talked about a while ago. So I don't know if Stonehenge ripped Next Move off or Next Move ripped them off. But there might be some uh, foul play going on here. But Tuki from Next Move coming out sometime shortly couple things here um if you're just gonna make words up then why do you stick with that four letter word thing like <laughs> yeah i don't know dumb and and then uh 
if you don't know about the Stonehenge game, it's like there's a pendulum that you swing and knock down things. Um, and I think our, our hope for that is that they'll come up with a giant size convention model with a 70 pound bowling ball in it. So whichever one of these companies does that, we'll get my allegiance. Um, yeah, your move next move. That would be pretty amazing if they did come up with that bowling ball version. I'd play it. <laughs> yeah. With a helmet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, cool. All right, so now I'm going to move on to a game that I played that I'm super pumped about. I don't know what you played because you didn't put it on the outline, but my game is more than a couple years old, and it's from Michael Kiesling, and it is called Sans Souci or something like that. I don't know. It's French or German or something. And what this game is is it is a tile-laying game with a little bit of card play. So each player is going to get two cards in their hand, and on this card, it's going to have either a color, which is referencing a row on this drafting board, or it's going to have one of the types of tile. So there's like um, mazes, there's roundabout little things, there's rose wa- walkways, there's fountains. And you're going to use those cards to take either a tile from the certain color or to take that certain feature. And then you're going to place that tile on your board on the corresponding column or row based on color. And you're trying to move your noble from the top of the board down as far as you can go on that same row to score a pile of points. You're going to take 18 turns and that's it. And you're going to have a couple in-game goal cards saying, hey, if you can get your noble down as far as you can go on the, the fountain track, you're going to score those points again. Super simple, super light, but very fun. So if you can find this game, I would. Maybe go check out Half Price Books because that's where I got mine. So if you're into tile games and you like um, Michael Kiesling, I recommend this game. That's Sans Souci. My Half Price Books had a copy of this sitting there um, too. So I think it might be kind of widely available in Half Price Books right now. I figured out something else, Jason. We uh, are like an old married couple. (laughs) Why is that? But because you're like... I'm going to talk about what I played, but I don't know what the heck you're talking about because you won't put it in the outline. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's like watching mom and dad talk about how to fold a map in the car again. I don't know. Um, What's a map? This game doesn't seem awesome to me, um, but I'm glad you like it. Uh, We can disagree about things. It's fine, Um, which is something that I've been thinking more and more about lately that, you know, like you don't have to all like the same game. So... um, it, I mean, I looked at some pictures of it after you were like, man, this thing's awesome for a light game. The other thing I figured out, too, is a part of the formula for you to like a game is that it has to have nobles in it. If a game has nobles in it, Jason's more likely to like it. No space, have nobles. You're not, That's a big part You're not of wrong. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, this game doesn't look that great, but it is really fun. Like, it's, it's not Dice Forge fun, but it's up there as, like, a good game you can play with non-gamers. And still have fun i really like it like what is dice forge fun though i mean that's a just great game that's true that's probably super fun so it's not super fun but it is fun (laughs) that's gonna be like our touchstone for what a fun game is um i i do love dice forge uh 
I, I could talk about it for like a couple minutes, but I think we're trying to do an express episode today. We're going to get this baby done in 45 minutes today. So I'm going to move right on and talk about two things, Jason. Here's the bonus one because I just thought of it. I've noticed like on a lot of the forums and stuff, this is something that's stupid that I do. And I think a lot of people do. And we just should quit. Like there's this thing of like someone's like, man, I really love this game. And then someone else is like, you're wrong for liking that game and your opinion's invalid. And they don't really care if you like that game or not. They just want to make like themselves seem superior to everyone else. So if you do that, because I do that sometimes, and it's stupid, just stop, okay? That's my PSA. The more you know, I don't know. Um, and, <laughs> and then as far as what I played, I, I had to preface what I played, Jason, because like you're probably going to say it's a bad game and make fun of me. And, and just remember what I said earlier, okay? Okay. Um, I played The River, and it's a really good game. I like it a lot. I can't make fun of you because I haven't played it. If you did, you would. It's super light. <laughs> I just talked about a light game, man. <laughs> it's super light, and it doesn't do anything worker placement-wise um, that like every other worker placement game doesn't do, but it's really good, and here's why. I think this is one that I'm going to hang on to for a really long time because when I'm playing an introductory game with people, I always go to like Ticket to Ride or Settlers, and those games have mechanics in it that aren't used anywhere else. Like You don't play roulette games very often you don't play set collection rummy kind of things very often in games but you do worker placement all the time in the games we love so this takes worker placement makes it so easy to understand and just a really express version of the game basically all you do is you place these four workers into different spots where you're either gathering resources based on the number of symbols you have on your settlement or you take tiles to put onto your settlement to get more symbols and um, it's got some other kind of cool things in it, too. Like when you get to a certain part of your settlement, one of the people that is in your settlement is going to say, hey, this is a nice spot. I'm going to settle down here, and they won't work for you anymore, so you lose one of your workers. So kind of a catch-up mechanism. But you're basically gathering these resources um, by having the right symbols on your little board in front of you, by taking tiles to build buildings that you're going to tuck underneath your board to get points. I mean, as simple a worker placement game as you can get, but it all works out pretty well. Kind of neat just how it all works. Um, had fun playing this one with my with my wife and my son. This is a game that we could play on the coffee table while we were watching TV. So, I mean, that kind of light. Um, but this is one that I think I would definitely introduce to, like, kids. Like, I'm a teacher, so I think this is one that would make it to school. And when we have some time to play a game or something, I'll bring it out. But this is just one that, like, you can say now, I, we've played worker placement, you know. Now we can move into, you know, the next one, which I don't know what the next step is for worker placement. Maybe... Lords of Waterdeep or something like that. But that mechanism that you taught in the first one, you're going to carry that over into the next one. So that's why I think The River's a really cool game. It's really good on its own, too. I think it's just a perfectly fine game that I'll play because it's so quick. It's like, it's like a filler-length worker placement game. You can get it done in about 30, 35 minutes. So really like it. Awesome production value because it's Days of Wonder. They always have amazing production value. Um, have a video up on this one where I talk about it for like 30 minutes or something. So if you want to go check that out, um, it's over on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to this game. I just It hasn't been something that struck my fancy, but... That's cool that you like it. Yeah, and we just modeled exactly what I was talking about. Thanks, Jason, for saying that I like it. And I'm glad you like your game that you talked about, too. That's how it works, folks. That's how it works. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's get out of this segment and get into the fun stuff. I've been looking forward to this for a week. All right, so the top 100 continues. We're rolling on like we're in an 18xx game, only with way more fun. I don't know. I've never played an 18xx game, but I'm assuming our list is more fun. 
So today and we're if you like eighteen XS <laughs> games, we like you just fine. We don't judge you. <laughs> right, yeah. We don't need to prove our superiority over you by saying it's a bad game. No, I'd like to play one. I just don't know anyone that has one. <laughs> me too, for sure. Eighteen forty six is the one I want to play, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Just give me something with an eighteen in front of it and I'm good. Um so today we're gonna pick up at number sixty and we're gonna stop at number fifty one. So I'm gonna jump in. So my number sixty is a Steffenfeld game. And it's one that everyone that I've played with has despised, and now you own, and it is called Bora Bora. (laughs) (laughs) I not only own, I own your copy. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So what this game is, it's a dice placement game. Everybody has, I think, three dice, and you're going to these tiles that are going to let you take certain actions. You can recruit women to come and they'll have give you certain types of icons for set collection. You can recruit guys that'll come, they'll have some kind of different icons. You can go put your little hut on a bo- uh, space on the board to do like some in-game scoring. Um, you can recruit these god tiles. And you're doing this over, uh, I think, six rounds. And you're trying to earn seashells so you can buy these jewelry, which is another set collection. It's a big dice placement area majority set collection game. And I really dig it. It's Stefan Feld at his best, I think. But other people don't dig it. So my number 60, Bora Bora. Yeah, it's a good one, uh, for sure. And I benefited from your your friend group over there not enjoying something pretty awesome. Yep, that you did. Didn't make my top 100, I don't think, but it's a good game, for sure. And you know what's fun? Before I played this one in La Isla, I kind of like thought they were one game. I like didn't realize they were two separate games for a long time. And I don't know why. I think it's maybe they came out similar times, similar shades of boxes. Um, I don't know. They both kind of feel the same Like when you look at the boxes. But, man, are they way different games. Um, oh, yeah. It'd be really cool if my number 60 was La Isla, but it's not. La Isla is super light for a, for a Feld yeah. game. I mean, it's not oh, light, yeah. but for a Feld game it is. It's like Feld decided to make a children's game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But it is fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's a filler, too. I mean, like, Feld doesn't really have filler games, and La Isla is essentially a filler. That was a bonus for you guys, because it's not in our top 100. <laughs> nope. At least not mine. Yeah, I don't think it's in mine. Because uh, it's not as good as Bora Bora. But that is true. So my number 60, I don't, there's no way to transition out of that mess, but um, <laughs> I'll bet there was a lot of confusion and consternations during the Manhattan Project. Number 60, the Manhattan Project. <laughs> um, I, I like this game a lot. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's cool, the thick cardboard dudes that you put down. I like the gray guys that you get, um, that you can draft these extra workers into your pool every time. And that's kind of my, been the way how I won this game. It's an interesting game. It's just kind of worker placement at its best. It was my go-to worker placement game for a long time. Um, it's just kind of gimmick-free, just kind of good worker placement. And um, the only thing that's kind of revolutionary or interesting about it beyond other worker placement games are this. there's this like recall mechanism where like you can recall your guys back at any point. Um, it just takes a turn to do it. So if all the places you want to go are taken and you're like, ah, I might as well get my guys back, you can pull them back a little earlier so that way you'll have guys when everyone else doesn't and you get kind of the pick of the board um, or try and plan that way. And then the other piece too is there's this like kind of tacked on like bomber and fighter board that you have on there, which I mean, it's not totally tacked on. It's like the idea that you had to defend your plant kind of or whatever, or else you get set back and one of your, one of your things will get destroyed. Um, but it's kind of neat. 
kind of a pain that you've got to keep an eye on this thing. I usually, what I tend to do on that is I follow what other people are doing. So if I see people building their bombers up like crazy, then I'll be like, all right, I'm going to build my fighters up, I guess. Um, but I don't ever tend to be the aggressor on that just because there are so much other, other things in this game I want to do. And then you do hear people a lot when they talk about this game say, I don't like it because of that. I, it really doesn't shape the game that much, in my opinion. So anyway, number 60, Manhattan Project. Well, you can call me J. Robert Oppenheimer because my number 59 is the Manhattan Project. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> it was so close. We were almost the same number. Uh, so, yeah, everything you said, um, I despise conflicting games. And I think I've played this game five or six times. And maybe across all games, there's been one bombing raid, which it's minimal. It costs you a lot to do that bombing stuff. Right. So if you, unless you're really committed to doing that, you're just doing it as like a cold war tactic where everybody's, you know, my army's bigger than your type of thing. So yep. absolutely. Yeah. So great game. The worker placement is genius. Having to take a turn to get your guys back. They did it first, I think. And now everybody does it. Not everybody, but a lot of people take that mechanism and run with it. So if you like worker, absolutely. like worker placement, like Euro games with a different theme, this is definitely one you should check out. So my number 59 is The Manhattan Project. The way how you said it about like it being a Cold War is exactly right. Like You just kind of follow what other people are doing. If somebody gets really powerful on their bombers, then you better get some fighters, you know? And it almost reminds me a little bit of like, not quite, but there's that temple in the middle of Gugong where it's like you have to advance through that or else you won't be able to win. It's not quite that, but it's like if somebody wants to play that way, it's like you don't really want to take that because you aren't benefiting from it. But if you don't take it, you know you're going to be hosed. So I don't know. It's a cool game, though. Uh, my number 59, Jason, is not Manhattan Project because it was number 60. <laughs> it is Happy Pigs. And I can't believe that this game is number 59 because yeah, I love it so that's much. That's crazy, man. <laughs> um, it's a good game. I really like it. And I think I like it way more than Jason. I think Jason says it's fine. Um, it's in his top 7,000. Um, but... It's in my top 60. Um, and this game is basically just a um, simultaneous decision-making and then, sim- well, I guess you can decide like all within the same time frame, but then simultaneous really revealing your decision you made for what action you want to take in order to help grow these pigs in a little farm that you have. And I have the expansion so you can have chickens or you can have cows or other little things too. Um, it's just kind of a cool little game. It's just about, it's an economic game, just trying to like figure out the most effective way to grow these animals to make the most money for you. And then also kind of a little bit of psychology in there where you're trying to figure out, I'm going to look at Jason's board and say, okay, Jason's got a bunch of fully grown pigs and I have some fully grown pigs, but I have some pigs that I could grow yet. So I imagine Jason's going to try and sell his pigs this round. I don't want to share actions with him because there's only so much of each action that can go around. So if Jason and I don't pick the same thing, then like basically I get to do a lot. He gets to do a lot. There are other times too, where it's like, I have like three baby pigs and Jason has like nine baby pigs and I know he really wants to grow them. And then the the card that flips out will like totally feed all my pigs, but it'll mess him up really bad. So I picked that, you know, so it's got a bunch of things. And then there's like certain things that happen in the rounds where it's like, Hey, this round pigs are worth double the money or buying I don't know, uh, vaccinations are half the cost. So a really cool game, just a lot about just simulating building a, a pig farm and then picking an action that you're going to share in a pool of these actions with everyone else. Um, a pretty cool little game. I have a video up of this one uh, on the YouTube channel as well uh, if you want to find out more about it. Um, and I probably should redo that one because it's not great. But if you want to see a not great video about it, go check out mine, I guess. Uh, Happy Pigs 59. Yeah, I, I like this game. It's fun. I just... 
I don't like it as much as you, that's for sure. But I did enjoy it when I played it, and I wouldn't mind playing it again. You got to play with my dad in that's, his tracksuit. That's true. <laughs> Your dad was playing, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, so yeah, my my dad doesn't understand how to play games, which makes <laughs> usually games playing with him worse, played with him worse, so... No, it was fun. It was a good time. It was we played with way too many people, but it was still fun. Yeah, it's a fun game. I think yeah, we played with like max player count for sure. But yeah, that was my fifty nine. All right, so my fifty eight is a Euro game. Big surprise, and it is a dice drafting game and a multi use card game. It's already too low. I can tell based on <laughs> based on like what you love about games it's got to happen in space for it to be number number 58 <laughs> well it would be higher if i played it more but this game is lagranha oh yeah i don't know if you played this game but essentially what this game is there's like multiple different phases where you're going to be playing a card either as a field that you can put guys in to grow pigs uh you can use them to grow your field so you can store more grapes or more um i'm trying to think what the other things are wheat i think or you can use it as a wheelbarrow you'll put it at the top of your board as a place where you can go deliver things to so you're going to or it can go at the bottom of your board for a special power so each of these cards can be used in four different ways so then after you do that then you're going to go through another phase where you're going to draft some dice to either get some pigs to get some money to do to draw some cards, do some certain other things, and then in the last phase, you're going to like sell and try to fulfill contracts, and there's a, some little area control out on the board. It's a, a fun game, and the drafting kind of reminds me of Grand Austria Hotel a little bit. So that's maybe that's why I like it as much as I do. But if you like multi-use card games, dice drafting, Euro games with a little bit of thinkiness going on, I definitely recommend this one. And that is my number fifty-eight, Lagranha. My interest in this game just went up like. 70% because it's about rearing pigs. But um <laughs> it is pigs, man, all day. And then you can turn them into I, meat. Honestly, like when I look at the box of this game, like the way how you describe it, I never would have guessed based on the font they used and like the cover. Like the cover and the font, like I thought for sure this game was about like trying to get indulgences in pre-Lutheran era Catholicism <laughs> in the south of Spain. Like I don't know, it looked like Something terribly boring theme-wise, but does. like running an agricultural thing is kind of cool, man. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is one that I'm meaning to give a second look awesome. to. If you can find a copy or have somebody that has it, I definitely recommend it. I think it's like 70% off at my local shop, honest to goodness. Wow, like that's awesome. Again, because it has a terrible cover. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's it's beautiful, but it's very abstract. And like I knew nothing about the game. And like the fact that I have no idea what La Granja means in English... I mean, it doesn't help. So I don't know. This sounds like a kind of poorly marketed game, but like... Yeah, it is. What do, what do people like about it? Like, why is it not getting on the table much? I don't know. I don't know. If it's hard to find. I, I don't know. It's rated pretty high, I think, on BGG. Like, do you still have a copy or did you trade yours away? No, I have mine still. I just don't ever get to play it. Because I don't know why. I just... I look at it and then I'm like, I'd rather play this other game instead, which we'll get to later. But... <laughs> I mean, it's a great game. I just... Wow. I Happy Pigs made it higher than 58. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Happy it's Pigs is not. number one, man. It's number one. It should be, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just because you got to play that with a little bit of my dad. Um, <laughs> that's true. I was going to say his name there, but then you guys would all like add him on Facebook and invite him to board game meetups, and <laughs> I don't want to share the guy. <laughs> Speaking of games I played with my dad... Uh, number 58 is Stockpile. 
Uh, I love this game. Um, there's a game that's much higher than this that involves stocks. This one feels a little like that one, but it's not even remotely the same idea. Um, this is what where you're like basically putting down these stock cards into piles, making piles of stocks, um, and then you're going to basically auction these piles off to try and add them to your portfolio. And there's sometimes like there's some hidden information and there's known information in each of these piles. Um, and sometimes it's a lot of hidden information in a pile and a lot of known information in a different pile. Sometimes it's a really good mix. But amongst the cards that can be in there are like negatives cards. Like you have to pay like fines and taxes and things like that. So sometimes you draft this pile based on what you think is in there or thinking there's going to be a good stock in there. And then you end up getting like this big negative and you get zonked for a ton of money. And then the other piece that makes this game really fun too is at the beginning of every round, you're handed two cards. One's the name of a stock and then one's the price movement it's going to make that round. So sometimes you know that a stock's going to crash and it's doing really well right now, but that's secret information only you have. So you get like this insider trading thing going on. Or sometimes you know a stock's going to really boom up really fast. So you're kind of trying to read other people and say, okay, wait, why would Jason put these two stocks down face up when they're doing so well. He's trying to bait me into taking those and it's going to crash this round kind of thing. So like he knows that and I think that's going to happen. So, or sometimes you just, you think too hard and nothing's going to happen. And I don't know, it's a really fun game, real simple. You can play it in like 30 minutes probably. Um, scales really well. It doesn't play well with like two people, but it plays well, um, you know, up to the maximum player count. Better at maximum player count, I think. So um, that's Stockpile. Yeah, I haven't played it. I not opposed to it. I just, you're the only person I know that has it. So maybe someday I'll try it. It's light. It's a filler. Uh, all right. My number 57 is from Bruno Catala. He's a co-designer. It is a Days of Wonder game, and it is called Yamatai. Uh, this is a game where you're taking, you're drafting these tiles, which is basically turn order and telling you like one other thing you can do, usually by getting boats or giving you some special power. Then you're placing a couple boats out on the board on the around these tiles, trying to put them around these hexes. And the goal of the game is to try to get certain color tiles or certain color boats around these hexes so you can build buildings to score points. You're going to get points based on what other kinds of buildings you're next to if you're next to your opponents. And then you're going to spend money to try to hire these, I don't know, noble people to come over. They're going to give you in-game bonus points or special powers, and that's essentially the game. It's not super hard to explain or understand, but the strategy in it and what you have to do on a turn is going to get kind of heady. So my number 57, Yamatai. I like it. It was my number 67. I like the transformation that you see. This plain board becomes this colorful, like beautiful-looking board as you play the game. I think it's just a cool transformation. I have a question for you. If there weren't nobles in this game, what would it be rated? <laughs> that's true i did say nobles <laughs> wouldn't even be top 100 it'd be dead to me yeah uh 57 for me <laughs> is a game with a rondelle in it and citrus fruit and all kinds of cool stuff uh any guesses jason it's kind of a fun thing uh finca oh you nailed it um this would be number one if it didn't get a kickstarter reprint because i love to be pretentious and think my rare hard to find game is better than yours <laughs> but now that everyone's got it it dropped like 56 spots so um no i think it's a cool game uh i think it will be available this year i think the kickstarter probably maybe has gone out maybe not but someone could get the rights to republish it it's a really cool game it reminds me a little bit of uh, my number 61 chinque terra the five villages um and that it's like a like delivering goods kind of game um, but it's got a rondelle in it, which is really neat too. Um, the way how you move around the rondelle and just uh, how that 
how you use that rondelle to like kind of make your resources pop and just all the delivery things. And then you're taking these little chits off, trying to trying to make these fincas happy. Um, just kind of a logistics with produce kind of game. Really cool. Really like it. Really pretty on the table too. Um, it's one of those maybe gateway plus plus games where it's like, this is something you play with a gamer in their first two months of playing because they'll get it and it'll really make them go, Oh wow. This is the whole next level of cool games. Um, I think Jason, you'd like it because of the Rondell for sure. Um, but, and I know you're a Rondell guy, um, but a lot of fun. Yeah. I would definitely want to play this sometime, but it was hard to find. So now that maybe it isn't, maybe I can find one. Yeah. I'd, I'd encourage it. Uh, my number 56 is a game I picked up at Origins last year, and I love it. Hard to find, I think, most places. I don't think Cool Stuff has it. I haven't seen it on Amazon. It's from Japan Japanime Games, and it is called Demon Worker. Yep, I knew it. I knew it! <laughs> I've been champion, championing this game for a while. Uh, this is a simple... It's almost like Gateway Plus Worker Placement game, but you have these little... You, have, you start out with two humans, maybe three humans, and... You're sending them to the underworld to do bidding of one of these overlords like Beelzebub or whatever. And you're trying to gather souls, get some food, uh, recruit more souls to come join your side of the army. And then you're going to do that over five rounds, go to worker placement, collect things. And you're going to have these in-game goal cards where if you can get so many souls and then some um, weapons or gems, you're going to score a pile of points. Whoever has the most points is the winner. It's super simple. Go to a spot, take the thing, and then do it all over again. I like worker placement. I like the theme of this. It's interesting. The artwork's silly and fun. So if you like worker placement and don't want a super heavy one, I recommend this one. That is number 56, Demon Worker. Yeah, I mean, like, when I when I first started hearing about this game, I was like, oh, geez, it's like a Ouija board, but fun. Um, no, it's not. It's like the font they use for Demon Worker Looks like a children's snack candy. Like, come get your sugar-coated <laughs> demon workers. I don't know. Like, It really does. <laughs> and then the demons are like little, like, they look like those little pink guys that I, like, played with, those muscle men in the 80s before Jason was born. You'd buy them in the quarter machine. I don't know. Like, it's just very, very adorable. Um, I don't know. And you can get it um, in the States, but it's not easy. And I think you've got to pay kind of a premium still. Um, like I think it's on Amazon for about thirty bucks, and I'm not sure if it's a thirty bucks worth of game kind of game. Maybe it is. Maybe that's what you guys gave for it. But about thirty bucks on Amazon, and I, man, I don't know. I, I want to play your copy first, but I've heard some really cool things about it. Yeah, I mean, don't expect super heavy or like the best worker placement game ever, but it is really fun, and you kind of get into the theme, and it's fun pretending like you're eating people's souls. I guess I don't know. It's silly. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting. Like I think the mechanic in it like needs to be used other places. I think you've talked about like you don't upgrade your own situation in front of you and then use the same workers. You get different workers that can do certain things, which I think is really cool. So I don't know. I'd be cool to see that happen with like other games and I'm getting that right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hire new cards and then based on when you take the worker off that card, you have the ability of that card when you go to the location. So yeah, that's, that's essentially it. Uh, my next game is 51st state. And this is a game where you're like building a compound in the apocalypse, basically. Um, it's like almost a sieve builder, but done with cards. And it's kind of cool because it has multi uses for cards where you can like tuck them under your board and get income, recurring income, or you can develop your, your thing. 
um, or burn them and get like a one-time kind of benefit of resources. But basically you're getting a hand of cards and a bunch of different rounds and using it to get resources, gather more reoccurring resources or build up things in your, in your, in your, in your, uh, your compound. I like this one a touch better than Imperial Settlers. Um, and I didn't even put Imperial Settlers on my list because I just, I don't know. I think this one's just a touch better to me. Um, Imperial Settlers is really cool because it has more like you have a specific deck for each of the factions, but um, they're kind of the same game. They're the same designer. Um, I think they're both Ignacy games. So uh, I don't know, really a cool game. I have the Master Set, which has a bunch of the expansions built into it. Still readily available, um, but 51st State, just a cool game. Uh, one that Jason would probably be pretty allergic to, but I think he might like Imperial Settlers. There's just There is combat and conflict, which is not one of your things I know. Yeah, I I always struggle with portal games because they're Euro games, but then he likes to throw in some of the Ameritrash stuff. So that's, I don't know. I mean, it seems interesting, and I actually think the 51st State artwork seems kind of neat. The post-apocalyptic stuff, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. And, like, the little uh, wooden pieces in it are pretty great, too. Like, there's little, like, gas cans. It's water, I think, but they like, gas cans. Just, I don't know, kind of some cool stuff in there. But 56 was 51st State. And if I liked it a little better, it would have been that cool thing of 51 is 51st State, but just couldn't do it. <laughs> so moving on from uh, Euro and Ameritrash combo, I'm going back to Strictly Euro, and that is Stefan Feld, and it is Notre Dame. Wow. Uh, yeah, I really like this game. The card drafting is interesting. You only have three cards, so it's kind of a simple draft, but... You're drafting cards, you're playing two actions, I think, on your turn, and you're putting cubes out on a board to either protect yourself from rats and the plague, to heal yourself, to collect money, to go to Notre Dame to kind of have an area majority at the end of the round to score a pile of points. It's one of those games where you never feel like you have enough actions to take, so you always want to do more, and you're kind of getting beaten down the whole time. You're just trying to get beaten down less than somebody else, and I like that, so... My number 55, Notre Dame. Yeah, um, after they lost to Clemson in the Cotton Bowl so badly, I had a really hard time wanting to to cheer for him anymore. But, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty obvious joke there. I dad joked you. Uh, no, I've never played this one. I just know it's like those weird-looking boards and rats. So um, I yeah. think I may have played this one years ago. But, man... I, I, I didn't enjoy it that much because my taste in games was a little different back then. I was young and foolish, and I was all about trying to put miniatures on a board and break down doors with die. But I don't know. Maybe I'd enjoy it now. I just If I played it, I played that or in the Year of the Dragon. or I don't remember which ones I played back eight years ago, seven years ago. But um, not memorable enough for me to have it stick with me. Um, so I don't know. I, I know that it's definitely right in your ballywick. Like it's what you kind of like, but... Uh, I don't know if it'd be my thing or not. Yeah, I mean, you may not like it. It's pretty dry, but it takes 30 minutes, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, that is nice. So it's basically a lot of East Lads, what you're telling me. Sort of, but it's a little heavier than that. <laughs> um, all right. Jason, that was a really deadpan answer. Is in the like, <laughs> is in like you kind of thought I was serious. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, my number 55, Jason is a game called the Manhattan Project. What? You just talked about it, Energy Empire. Um, 
I like this one a little better than the original one. It's got a cool thing with the dice that you're getting more dice all the time to try and generate more electricity. I think that's a cool thing. But then this one's kind of innovative with its worker placement as well because you can go anywhere you want. You just have to pay more for it. So like um, the way how in like uh, Manhattan Project, they have those like flat cardboard guys that you place instead of having meeples. This one has the same thing, but you use the fact that they're flat cardboard guys to stack them on top of each other. And in order for you to go to a location, you have to stack yours higher than the other person. So that's kind of a neat thing. Um, you're drafting these cards basically to put in front of you that are going to help you throughout the game too. Um, just a really neat game. If you liked Manhattan Project, I'm not going to say you're going to like this one or not because they're very different games, honestly. So, um, But I did like them both. And they just kind of happened to fall in the same 10. Um, but Energy Empire, it, feels, it just feels good. It's a slightly different game than other games out there. Um, like there's not a whole lot of similarity between other games in it. Um, and it's just, it's a fun little game. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I haven't played this one, but I like the regular Manhattan project. So I would definitely give this one a try. Word. All right. So my number 54 is a game from Renegade. I haven't talked about them yet, so I needed to throw them on the list. And this game is a futuristic sci-fi theme with dice. And it is called Sentient. Um, I don't know if you've played this or not, but the box is really pink, which is kind of interesting. But what this game is, is you have a little board in front of you. You're going to roll five dice, and each of the dice are a certain color. They're going to go in certain spots. Based on where the dice are, you're trying to get cards from this center row. You're going to put people out into the center row to claim this card. Take this card back, and you're going to put it in between two of the dice. The die needs to represent to either... Meet the goal of the card. So say you need two sixes. You need to have a six in both of those dice by the end of the round so you can score that card. So you're going to do that by either using other cards to manipulate that die or by spending some of your little assistance to manipulate the pips up or down so it can meet the criteria that that card needs. So while you're doing that, you're also, when you send your guy out to the middle, you're also doing an area control over each of the cards that get drafted to see who's going to win the little bonus tile at the for the end of the round because whoever has the most of certain colors at the end of the game gets a pile of points for a set collection so there's area majority of the set collection there's this cool like dice manipulation feature to it and i love it so my number 54 sentient very cool and i wish that we had video on this podcast because my face was making a disbelief face the whole time uh, <laughs> just i i can't i mean it's not that i can't believe that you like this game but it's just it's it's a little interesting to me that you're as into it as you are. Like that's crazy, dude. It's awesome. Have you played it? No, but I I guess the thing is too. Like I from what I've heard of it, it's basically a themeless game with dice. So pretty much, I, I guess I, that kind of covers yeah, Jason's bases. Yeah, I think that's why I like it. Yeah, <laughs> dice manipulation. No, cool. Yeah, it's fun. I've, I've I've heard it's pretty quick and light actually. Um, so I don't know. This one plays in under an hour, right? Yeah, we probably did a four-player game in about an hour, and that was learning it and everything. It's the same guy that designed World's Fair, so it's a little heavier than that, but, I mean, not much. World's Fair is really light, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, my number 54, Jason, is... That's what we're on, right? 54? Yep. Uh, my number 54 is Role Player, and this one's maybe 10 slots higher because of the Monsters and Minions expansion that came out last year. Um, it's a cool game. You place die into a character sheet, basically, for a D&D character, but you're trying to put certain color die in certain color spots, and you're trying to have your total of the three spot, the three 
columns in each row. You're trying to have your row add up to a certain range of numbers or an excess of a number or an exact number. Um, and then you can do things to manipulate the die. The reason why I like this one better than Sagrada, they get compared a ton, and it's because you're doing dice drafting and placing them into like a recessed board is the big commonalities they have. This one has like five times more stuff going on at the same time, I think, than Sagrada. Like Sagrada does have that interesting thing where it's like patterns that are unique and then colors and trying to do the Sudoku thing. This one, though, to me, is like all that kind of stuff. But then also, like the cool part about, about, um, Sagrada is that you get to use those tools on this one. You get to use a tool like essentially every time you take a die. So I think that's super cool. And then it adds another phase where you're adding equipment, um, to try and like make things pop for you even more. So that's very cool also. And then finally the, the expansion like adds on another layer of just like something else you can do. Like, so it's like another thing that you can try if you, if you aren't able to do the main things. So, um, just kind of cool. Adds, adds a big fight at the end too. Um, just a really neat thing. Uh, role player monsters and minions. And I think this one's going to have more expansions yet. Like I could see where this game is that you play the role player and then you do a dungeon crawl with your character, like in the second phase of the game, which would be really cool. So, um, I don't know. Role player, my 54. And this is one game, Jason, I'm going to spoil it. I think you don't hate this game and it's actually got like a theme and like stuff. No, I do like this game. It it didn't make my top 100, but I do own it and I do like it. It's fun. It's way, way, way better than Sagrada. I totally agree with you. We have the hot takes here tonight, man. And uh, they are actually doing. Uh, it's a, It's called like Lockdown or something. It's a board game version of role player where you use somehow the two games interconnect. So that's a real thing. Wow, I think I probably knew that and just pretended like I didn't, so I would sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll pretend like you said it first. Good job. Way to do that hot take. Yeah, I uh, I definitely, <laughs> I gave him that idea probably just now. <laughs> yeah, you better call and get some royalties. Something. Uh, all right, my number 53 is um, from Uwe Rosenberg. Um, it has cards, and it is Agricola. <laughs> Not Bonanza, but Agricola. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this game is a worker placement game where each player has a pile of cards and you're trying to use those cards to get different occupations, build minor improvements on your, your building all the while trying to make sure you have horses, pigs, cows. Um, you, you build farms, bigger farms to hold all these animals, because if you don't get do everything in the game, you get slapped around. And then if that's not enough, you got to make sure that you have enough food to feed your people at the end of every round, or you get slapped around even more and you're going to lose. So if you like worker placement and you like really tough punishing worker placement with lots of decisions and lots of spaces to put your worker, I recommend Agricola. And that's my number 53. Wow. That's crazy. Cause I think you and I have talked and the impression I always got is that you really kind of like Agricola. Um, and I mean, you do if it's in your top 100 games, obviously. But I thought it was more than you than I liked Agricola, and I won't talk about Agricola for a couple weeks yet. So, and then I'll talk about it again a couple weeks after that, if you understand what that means. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought I liked it more than I did too. But there were games that kept coming up, and I just seemed to like those better. So this is where it fell. I like you tend to like being punished in games too, which is like what this game's notorious for oh yeah it's horrible last time i played i had three begging cards and i had negative nine points at the end of the game <laughs> wow. it was terrible i was not feeding my people at all it was horrible 
<laughs> just just to see if it works. Like, hey, this no. is the this is the Jason Smith method where I don't feed people. I was trying. I just was not succeeding. You got to build an oven, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. My number 53, Jason, is a itty-bitty game that grew up and became a big game. Uh, this was my big splurge purchase at Origins last year. Uh, Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. It's a cool game. It has minis in it. It has combat in it. It's a 4X game. Um, I'm lucky if Jason's still awake right now. Um, it's a cool game, though. I really do like it. It took tiny epic kingdoms, and it added a bunch of stuff to it, made it a much more rich game, much more full game. And I think it's a very cool game. It's as cool a 4X game as there is, in my opinion. Um, it's got excessive amounts of miniatures in it, which is Kind of cool, depending on who you are. If you're Jason, it's not. But um, anyway, here's a land, air, and sea. Has an interesting combat mechanism, too, that involves cards. A little different than just chuck and die. So um, anyway, I really do enjoy that one. Um, a lot of cool stuff in there. The little cardboard buildings, towns, or whatever, and airships and boats are kind of hokey, but I don't know how else you could do it. Um, but the miniatures are great. Yeah, it's not my style of game, but a lot of people do like it. So that's cool. They want to play it. You want to play it. That's cool. I just will watch. Yep. All right. So my number, uh, forget the numbers, 52. 52. Yeah. My number 52 is a game that I think came out last year or the year before. I think 2017. And it is Heaven and Ale. So this game is a tile drafting and placement game that also has like a Takedo board movement system where you're trying to go as far as you want to get the tiles that you want, but then whoever's in last gets to keep going. So, you know, it could be a while before you take a turn and all the rest of the stuff gets snatched up. And you're trying to put um, tiles on this light side of the board and the dark side of the board. One side's going to give you money. The other side's going to give you uh, resources. I'm not sure which side does what. And then if you can surround certain things, you're going to unlock these bonus tiles. They're going to give you a bunch of points. It's a really fun game. I did a terrible job selling it. That's fine. But if you like tile placement games and games that, again, are over before you want them to, I recommend this one. And that is number 52, Heaven and Ale. Um, yeah, Heaven and Ale is one that I really like, too. Uh, it's, again, like I'm not huge into tile placement games, um, but this one just does something really cool with it. So um, I will spoil this one a little bit. I'll talk about this one later. Um, this is one that you kept telling me, man, you're going to like this game. I think you really like it. And I do. So I will talk more about it in a little bit. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I felt like if you, I felt like you still followed turn order the whole time, but you could go as far ahead as you wanted. And then you just can never go backwards. Oh uh, yeah, so, that might be true. Cause then you can just cross the finish line and just wait for a while. Right. That's true. Yeah. You might be right. But I mean, like, it's still like the, you have that. It's it's interesting. It's more interesting than it's one of those games. It's absolutely one of those games that the sum of the pieces is not equal to how great the game actually is. Because when you explain it, like I'm putting these fairly abstracted hexes down to make rings of hexes so that I can get points, but then I can only go forwards and not backwards. It doesn't sound great, but it really is fun how it plays out. A really great game. Good pick, Jason. Did I did I get you happy enough, Jason? And my <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Knock, You're not going to be down. happy, knock, bud. Knock me down. You're not going to be happy, bud. Oh, bud. Oh, bud. Um, hey, it's been really fun doing this podcast, guys. Um, 
If you want to be a co-host of a podcast after Jason rage quits in about 50 <laughs> seconds here, um, just let me know. Um, my number 52 is The Gallerist. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. Um, it's only about 50 spots too low, right, Jason? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this one would be higher if I could play it more. I just have only played it, like, I think once with you. Um, I did enjoy it. I just, I didn't quite get how to make everything snap exactly the way I wanted to. Uh, the other thing too is I'm not, like, I don't know, this one doesn't do anything totally unique from some of the other games that, that Vidal's put out. Um, a little bit it is. I mean, like, there's only four spots instead of nine, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. It's cool. The bumping thing is really cool in this game, too, that you see other places. Um, but I, it's a good game. The foreign markets thing, the set collection, the Neapolitan ice cream chips, um, <laughs> all those things are really cool in it. And I do need to play it again to remember how great it is. I don't see this one going down, honestly. I think this one's going to go up as my taste in games is changing. Um, so... I anticipate Galarus going up, not down, if that's any kind of consolation for you, Jason. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, I never thought about most of Vitao's games, they have the mechanism that it's Vitao, you can tell. This one doesn't really have that. That is interesting. I didn't think about that, but I still like it. Well, I mean, like, it still has that thing of, like, do one of four things, then a flowchart follows. Yeah, that's true. Like, it still that has true. that to a degree, um, but... Not as much as some of the other games. I don't know. It's and it's got this three distinctive sections of the board that are all kind of. I mean, they all work together to make you better, but they're definitely unique feeling. Those three sections of the board, kind of, you know, where you're going places, but then that like auction type thing or the international market or whatever it's called um, on the left hand side, and then like getting the art. I don't know. It's all it's all really cool. I guess this game's going up as we talk about. It. Let's see here. Let's make number fifty two. <laughs> Uh, number 52 is going to be Bruges now, and number – well, I'm not going to say what Bruges is, but um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good game. I just need to play it more. Yeah, I've played it a lot solo, and it helps get the mechanisms to click. So once you see the whole like, – like every of Vitao's games, once everything starts making sense, it's way more enjoyable. And now that it's available again and it's not $1,000 on Amazon, this might be one that – I'm only going to buy 10 games this year. This might be one of them. Oh, I thought you already had it. No, I don't have the gallerist. Oh. Well, yeah, you I wish, man. Definitely need to snatch this I have one Vinos. Up. Yeah, I, I have only played your copy. I have I mean I can see where you could get confused because every Eagle Griffin Vidal Lucida <laughs> game does have identical inserts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh you know what's cool? I just completed my Vital collection. Yeah. I got I saw that. CO two. Yeah, so you've got everything now and you've got escape plan that you will get probably yeah, here at some I point. I will get that. I w I don't who knows when on Mars will come out, but I'll definitely get escape plan. Well, and then you just need to pick up uh, Railways of Europe Portugal map. I think it's the only thing he's done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I need to get Railways of of Europe or whatever that game is. <laughs> and he just did a. I don't think he even likes that game, but he was like, Portugal doesn't have a map. <laughs> I'm a I'm a nationalist. We've got to make a map for this. <laughs> he's just gonna go around making Portugal expansions for everything. <laughs> it's crazy because that game's like about like connecting train routes and like industry but when you play the portugal map it's totally different like there's like four train stations and you decide which of the four train stations you want to go to and then once you go to a train station you have to decide if you're going to buy a ticket or become a conductor and if you're a conductor then you've got to like pick, figure out what kind of train you're going to drive it's just crazy yeah they're running on clean energy and algae and stuff instead of coal yeah like vital likes and then every once in a while this like pink lady comes and tells you you're playing the game badly <laughs> That would be awesome. I would buy that game tomorrow. 
Uh, if Vidal hears this, he'll make it. That's true. He'll be like, hey, I need someone to play test. Um, train, train Depot Baron 2019. And I would be that someone. He could create this game in his sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, man. Ooh. All right. So moving on, I'm going to close out my, my list with number 51. Uh, this is a game that I did a Kickstarter preview for, and I like it that much because it is dice placement, and this game is the Artemis Project. Wow. Yeah, it's it's super good, dude. So what you're doing in this game is it's kind of like Kingsburg. It has a similar feel where you're taking dice and you're putting them on certain spaces on the board. But in this one, it also has this kind of co-op section where you're trying to use go to this one part of the board with other players to complete these missions and whoever you have to hit a certain amount of pips so say it needs 15 you got to get 15 worth of pips up there but whoever has the most gets all the benefit of the card so you're trying to you know not go in there too high but maybe not go in there too low so you have to use three dice while someone comes in there uses a one and takes the reward out from under you because they have more influence or whatever it there's that. And then you're like bidding for these buildings that you're trying to build. So it has normal worker placement stuff with dice, but then there's got those two outside boards that kind of spruce it up a little bit and throw in some different mechanisms. So if you like worker placement and dice placement, you like Kingsburg, I would definitely recommend this one. Number 51, the Artemis project. Number 51 for me, Jason is the Arkham horror living card game. Um, just a really cool game. I don't get to play it as much as I'd like to. If I had a regular group to play this with and could remember the rules and setups and it set up a little quicker, it'd be in my top 10. Just the experience of the game is so fun. It does all the cool things of customizing a deck, but it's also when you customize your deck, you feel like you're customizing a character. So all that's very cool. I love this game quite a bit. Uh, it's all the things of doing a customizable card game in conjunction with doing a cool co-op puzzle in conjunction with doing kind of a dungeon crawl along with solving a mystery. So it hits all those, all those buttons for me. Um, it's a LCG, so it can get out of hand if you don't play it. Um, and that you, like, I have the first series of stuff that I haven't even played through yet. And there's like three other series of stuff out there. So if I wanted to try and stay up with people, um, it would cost me a lot of money and a lot of time. But the nice thing about this one is it's not a competitive tournament type game. It's just a play it yourself and enjoy the campaign kind of game. So you can play it as slow as you'd like. Um, Arkham Horror Living Card Game um, or Arkham Horror The Card Game I think is what it's called but it's a living card game uh, really cool game really love it and pretty cheap um, if you want to play with more than two players you need two base sets but just playing it with two players or solo you can get it by with just the one base set which I think is under 30 bucks usually so um, that's my number 51 would be much higher if I played it with any more regularity because it's got the potential just to be great but I just don't get it to the table as much as I like yeah, this is going to come as a surprise, but I'd actually like to try this one because I've, I've heard it's amazing solo, and I like to play a lot of solo games. So this would be one that maybe I could sink my teeth into the Arkham stuff and then still get my solo fix. So this is one I would like to try. This is uh, a really great solo game for sure, Jason. So it plays just as well solo as it does with two or four or whatever. I mean, because you just play two characters, and it's like two-player. Um, and... With my domineering personality, playing it with myself solo or playing with someone else that I just tell what to do, it's pretty close to the same. So, because I am a co-op quarterback at times. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Like, I try not actively to let other people make their decisions, but that's why I'll just play it solo. Then I don't have to worry about that. 
I, I try as well, but my face is so expressive that I'm like, oh man, don't do that. And it just, you can see it on my face. And then I'm like, good boy, make a really good, good boy face. Tend to give them little treats when they make good decisions. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's tough. Yeah, that's funny. Well, hey, good time, Jason. Yeah, you had some good ones in there too. Some that should be higher, but it was still pretty good. Yeah. So uh, in wrapping up here, Jason, um, I just want to mention to you guys, this has been going on forever. We don't do just top tens, but it's been a lot of fun for us to do it. Um, we have five weeks more of this to go, so it will take us into March. But then in March, we're starting to line up some of the old shows that we used to do, um, where we'll do some of your topics that you guys suggest over on our, our forums uh, and groups. And then the other piece, too, is we used to do a lot of interviews um, with people who are putting out Kickstarters and people in the industry who are, are well-known. So if you want to check those out, they still hold up. We have one with Vidal Lacerda that was about a year ago. We've done with James, uh, with Philip DeBerry, uh, Jamie Stegmeyer, um, a lot of people. And we have a bunch lined up for this spring yet. So um, Stephen Bonacore, uh, Philip DeBerry is going to be back on. Um, and then I just got uh, confirmation that Shem from Garfield Games is going to be on the show with us at some point. So um, pretty great that we're having these people on in the industry. Um, I, think it's, I think it's just a lot of fun to hear what people say. Uh, about their upcoming designs and what kind of the stories behind their designs are. So um, bear with us. If if you're getting tired of these top 100, I, I don't know. Go back and listen to some old episodes. But I, I'm having fun doing it, and I hope you're having fun listening to it. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody likes top 100s, or at least to see what other people think of games. Because everybody has those games like, man, I really, wanna, I really want this game, but I want to see what other people think of it before I do that. It's just what we do. So I don't know. I enjoy listening to other people's lists. So hopefully you guys put up with ours. Yeah, from Happy Pigs Up, so by number 59, are all, all these games on here from here up are games that if you came to my house and said, hey, let's play this one or what's this one about, I'm taking it down and we're playing it right away Like because I just like these games that much from here up. So we're getting into the really great games now. Um, all the stuff below, it's really good games too, but like there's certain times where you have to have a mood for it or a certain situation for it maybe. These ones that we're coming into now. All really excellent. Yeah, I agree. I was just looking over my 50 to number one. And yeah, my top 20, I would play any of those games right now. So I can't wait to start talking about those. Yep, me too. So uh, the other thing too is if you want to hear what other people have in their top 100s, um, we have the videos on our Facebook page, but the uh, the the feminine side of the board game mechanics has been going live over there doing their top 100. Some interesting picks in there. Um, some stuff that you won't, here on anyone else's top 100 list really um like the one that came to mind is bring out your dad like that's a perfectly fine game but i've never heard anybody put it in their top like 30 and i made their top 30 so um <laughs> yeah yeah interesting it was almost in my top 100 i do really like that game yeah so i mean uh anyway if you want to check out the other side of it they're available on our facebook page um and and they're doing a good job with that um so that's that's a lot of fun too so uh anyway uh, I guess that's about all I've got to say, Jason. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm tapped out. I've been Joel. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.